Welcome to the So Powerful Podcast. This is your host, Jan Cancilla. You know the sound of my sewing machine means it's time for another episode. So let's get started. The president-elect of the Ohio Valley Doll Collectors Club lives in America's heartland, actually in a town actually named Centerville. She finds herself drawn to So Powerful through an email from Pixie Fair. As you may know, Pixie Fair is the doll clothes pattern marketplace owned by So Powerful co-founders, Cinnamon Miles. Way back in 2014, when Marcy Maley got that first correspondence, she was immediately drawn to So Powerful. And then in 2015, when she learned more about the PURSE program and the way it helps the schoolgirls in Zambia, Marcy started making purses and she's been at it ever since. This very busy wife, mother, and grandmother has a couple of hobbies that will surprise you. We're going to discover more about Marcy Maley in today's So Powerful podcast episode. Hello, Marcy. How are you today? Jan, how are you today? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. It's a little bit rainy where I am today. So hear a clap of thunder. You'll know it's just the weather. Okay. Um, we're talking with, with you today, Marcy, because you submitted and So Powerful selected the story that you wrote and published it in the second edition of the We Are So Powerful book. And the name of your story is Win, Win, Win. Can you tell us why you chose that name for the, the title of your story? I chose that name because what Cinnamon and Jason are doing in Zambia, I think it's very good for people. So many organizations, they just simply give money to people and say, here, here's money to help you. What Cinnamon and them do, they teach people how to sew, which gives them a trade so they can do things themselves and make their own money. And with the girls, with the program, to keep them into school, they give them purses filled with personal items to help keep them into school during their periods. And this is a great thing. This is a win-win-win for everybody. The girls stay in school. They get an education. They have a future. The women who they teach how to sew, these people make items. They sell them to other people. They make money for their families. And also in... Zambia and so many of the schools, uniforms are worn by the students. Mm. And the seamstress says they make the uniforms. This way they, they charge the parents a very low price, but it gives the parents self-respect. They're able to buy the uniforms instead of being given to them. Mm -hmm. This it lets them know that they have done this themselves for their children. So they bought the actual uniform the children wear another way of self-respect. Wow. And I think that's a really good way to do it. Yeah, and I think you summed that up beautifully. You know, when I introduced you, I said that you were the president-elect of the Ohio Valley Dow Collectors Club. Tell us about that club and, and maybe tell us about your hobby of collecting dolls. Well, and I think just collecting probably understates what you do, correct? It does a little bit. I love sewing for dolls. I love sewing cloth dolls. And about oh, a little over two years ago, I found out about the Ohio Valley Doll Collectors Club. It's been in existence for many years, since the 1950s. In fact, next year, we'll be celebrating our 70th anniversary as a club. Wow. 
and I was drawn to it. It was wonderful. I was asked to be a member, and I actually it wasn't asked. I was told to be at a meeting on a specific day and time, which I did, and I loved it. It was wonderful. We had lunch. We saw a beautiful presentation of some sort of dolls and doll history, which is what we do at our meetings. And I love the people. The people were all very, very nice. And I joined right away, became secretary for the past year. I've been serving as secretary. And now I'll be soon in September, I'll become the president of the club. And it's a term for two years. I hope to do a good job. Also, the club is associated with UFDC, the United Federation of Dog Collectors, which is an organization that is nationwide and includes hundreds of dog clubs. Mm-hmm. And they also put on a huge convention every July. Of course, this year it was canceled, but they did an online presentation, which was very nice last week. Well, what kind of dolls do you like to collect? I collect all sorts of dolls. I collect um, the Robert Toners. I collect Helen Kish, American Girl doll. I love the girl for all time. I love to sew for that. I have so many different dolls, Madame Alexander and both. But lately, I have been learning about other dolls, like the Hooray doll, and through the Virtual Doll Convention, which is a doll convention that's held online on Facebook. And I never knew some of these dolls existed, the antique dolls and the antique world. And so I'm becoming very interested in that. And I did get a reproduction of a Hooray doll. Unfortunately, I cannot afford a real one, but I do have a reproduction. And... I look forward to sewing for that doll very soon. Now, for those of us who are not doll collectors, kind of a price would an original doll cost? It could run up to twenty-five to fifty or a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my gosh! I thought you were going to say twenty-five or fifty dollars. Oh no, no. my goodness! So some of these, the the antique dolls, these are made in the eighteen hundreds and. Mm-hmm. These dolls are very expensive, especially it depends on the condition Mm -hmm. and the ones that come with their wardrobes and and the wardrobe trunk, which is how little girls used to do back then. In fact, the Hooray dolls were considered the American Girl dolls of the 1800s. Grandmothers would go to the stores and buy all the outfits and buy the doll and buy a special trunk and all the little accessories for it, little furniture pieces and for their little girls. And, and so how many dolls would you say are in your collection? Mm. <clears throat> well, how many does your husband think you have in your collection? Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel very sorry for my husband because the virtual doll convention is having a big affair coming up this week. And they're through, uh, it's through the Grovian Doll Museum in um, Carmel, California. And there's going to be so many wonderful things for sale in their sales room. And I've already warned him ahead of time that I want this, I want this, and I want this, and this, and this. <laughs> so I don't know. As far as my doll collection, I do have a doll room upstairs that's wall-to-wall dolls. And they have infiltrated our bedroom. So there's a wall of dolls in there, too. I'd say yeah. I probably have a couple of thousand dolls. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Now, you said you also like to make cloth dolls. Is that right? I do. I love making cloth dolls and um, dressing them. I started out making some of the, I I have a little pattern that I made myself. It's my own pattern. It's just a very simple pattern of of the body and the arms and the legs. And I've made that into, oh, I've turned it into a bride doll. I've turned it into a birthday doll. It's been a Santa doll, an angel doll. 
It's very versatile. And I like to make little tiny ones like the hitty size dolls, which are about six and a half inches. And I just love doing it. I just love making all types of dolls, but I really love to dress them. Make and, them and you add those, those cloth dolls to your collection, is that right? Yes, I have some of those in my collection, but a lot of times I give those as gifts. And I like to make at Christmas time, I buy 18 inch dolls that are cheaper, you know, like from Target or from Joann's. And what I do is I make a wardrobe for those dolls and then those dolls are given away to little girls who do not have a doll because they want to have dresses to change them into. That's what little girls do. They like changing their outfits. Marcy, that is just so nice. That is so nice. So what about your family? Now you have uh, children and grandchildren. Do, do they benefit from this doll hobby? Sadly, our three daughters were never into dolls. They still are not. Although I have made them a couple of special dolls, little wedding dolls when they got married. Now I have four grandsons and two granddaughters. My two granddaughters are cousins and they both live in Kentucky. And they're only a year apart and they're very good friends. And mm. both of them, I had them down here, oh, I guess about four years ago for grandma's sewing school. Uh -huh. I bought them each a sewing machine and all the paraphernalia. And we had the rules up over their table and I taught them how to sew. <laughs> and, and I have bought dolls for them, but they're starting to get out of the doll stage now. They're the one that will be 13 on August 9th. And, you know, they're just growing up, but they still like their dolls and they, they sort of pack them away nicely for the mm -hmm. future. And how, how did you get involved in collecting dolls? Did you enjoy playing with them as a child? I always played with dolls as a child and loved my dolls. And I love paper dolls too. Katie Keene comics always saved my allowance and ran up to the store and had those new Katie Keene comic books when they came out. One day when I was probably around 12 years old, I came home from school. I don't know why my mother did this, but she decided I was too old for dolls and gave every one of them away to the little girl next door. Oh. I was heartbroken. And a few couple years later, when I got a job at Kresge's, I used to work at Kresge's, the uh -huh. dime store in I the fountain. I remember that, yeah. And I, um, they had a doll for sale there, and I bought her. <laughs> and that started it all. From then on, I just continued collecting dolls. And even during college, I sort of had to pay my own way through college. And I would make outfits for Barbie and sell them oh. to help pay my way through school. Wow. And wh where did you go to school and what did you study? I went to Wright State University and I got my degree in fine arts. Oh, well, well how appropriate. How wonderful. And did you have a career after college? I married my high school sweetheart after college, oh. and we moved to Cleveland, and my husband went to Case Western Reserve Dental School, and I worked at University Hospitals as a unit clerk, so it, it, was, it was a nice four years up there. Now, you have another hobby, and I've met doll collectors before, but I've never met anyone who has the other hobby that is your passion, besides so powerful, of course. Tell us a little bit about that and take us up to the break on, on your other hobby. My other hobby, I love mystery books and I love Sherlock Holmes. I always have. I used to read Nancy Drew as a little girl. And oh, I, I love Nancy Drew. Books. Yeah. And I 
got into mysteries. I love Sue Grafton. She was one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, she has one of my dolls. I presented her with one, Kenzie doll. That was like her character. And we corresponded back and forth for several years up until her death. And she always remembered me when I saw her at any of the book signings. She was a wonderful person. Very nice. Oh, nice. It was sad when she died. Mm -hmm. But I love Sherlock Holmes. And I found the society here in Dayton called the Agri Treasures. And my husband and I joined it. Oh, my gosh. Years and years and years and years ago. <laughs> Probably over 25 Wait a minute. Years. Say the name of it again one more time. The Agra Treasurers. Okay. What does that mean? It's it's off the story, one of the Sherlock Holmes stories. It's okay. A treasure box that was lost in the Thames River. Okay. All right. And I also we also belong to the Tankerville's in Cincinnati, and I belong to a few online groups too. And all these groups, all these names that you're mentioning, this all has to do with Sherlock Holmes. Yes, they're all part of the Baker Society, the Baker Street Irregulars, we're skions of that. The Baker Street Irregulars, they meet every January in New York City and have their huge meeting. And to become a Baker Street Irregular is a huge honor. I will never be one. <laughs> you have to be published, you publish books and all kinds of papers and things and really be involved in the Sherlockian world. But I, I just love it. It's, it's fun. We get together. We talk about the mysteries. And then our group, we put on the Holmes, Doyle, and Friends event that's usually held every March here in Dayton, Ohio. But, of course, everything was canceled this year. Mm -hmm. So we have folks for next year. We have speakers, and we have vendors, and it's a wonderful event. So a doll-collecting Sherlock Holmes addict. <laughs> yes, if my girls say, Mom, you have the strangest friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a wide variety of friends, I think. Why don't we take a quick break here, and we're going to explore more uh, about Marcy and her affiliation with So Powerful. So we'll see you after the break. Stay tuned. Have you gotten the second edition of the We Are So Powerful book? This updated version of the original bestseller, 4.9 out of 5 stars, by the way, is again authored by So Powerful co-founders Jason and Cinnamon Miles. It is available on Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle reader. This latest edition is packed full of moving stories about how So Powerful came to be, the volunteers who make it happen, and the way this small movement has grown into a global mission to break the cycle of poverty through education and the dignity of work. And don't forget, when you place your order, if you use smile.amazon.com and designate So Powerful as your preferred charity, Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase right back to So Powerful. And now back to our podcast. Welcome back. We have been speaking with Marcy Maley and her fascination with dolls and doll clothes sewing. And then surprisingly, her affection for Sherlock Holmes and the clubs that she's a member there. So we are delighted to have her. And she has been working with So Powerful since 2015, although interested a little before that, but started making purses about that time. 
Marcy, what is it that you like about making purses for So Powerful? I feel like I'm doing something to help someone else. And I think that's important. I think all of us need to help other people when needed. And what is so nice about the purses, I like the idea of the young girls receiving the purse, picking out the purse that they want. I, I enjoy when I make the purse, picking out different colors and fabrics and just imagining what this young girl would like to, to carry with her. I think about my own granddaughters and what they like to carry, you know, what kind of purses they like. And I also enjoy putting the note. I think the note is very special that goes inside each purse, just giving them some hope for their future. You know, it's just something to make them know that they are special because they, they're alive. Life is wonderful. And if they study hard and do well, there'll be a success in life. And that's what I strive to do. Well, I know our listeners can't see, but I know that you happen to have a couple of purses right there with you. Just sort of describe them for our listeners. What do you have right there? I like using the denim fabric because I think it's nice and strong. I want to have fabric that's strong and the other fabrics for decoration. And when I make my purses, I always double stitch. I double stitch everything on the inside because I think to myself, they're using these purses and you don't want them to tear and then they're, will they have sewing, you know, needle and thread? Of course, they could probably go to the sewing co-op for them to fix, but you don't want them to have to do that. So I think double stitching is really important to all your seams. And I try to do that. And I try to pick out bright colors, something that they would like. What, what purse do you like to make, the beginner or the intermediate? I like the intermediate. I like the flap, this extra pocket that's on the outside. And I think that that really good too for picking out your contrast fabric for mm -hmm. decoration mm -hmm. against the denim or the solid color. I see that you make really positive, encouraging comments to other people who make purses on the So Powerful Purse Project Facebook group. What is it that you like about encouraging other people? I think all of us, you know, we're, we're, we would be surprised what we would could do with our lives. And when faced with certain situations in our lives, you know, whether it be bad or good, we all have a power inside of us to make ourselves shine in some way. And I, I think we surprise ourselves. We all think, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. But I think when we're faced with situations, we can do so many things that we never dreamed we could possibly do. And I always like to encourage other people to sew. It's something they can do. I taught myself how to sew. No one taught me. Mm -hmm. I just sat down and read the directions and, and just did it. I used to sew by hand a lot. Now I'm going back to sewing by hand for the Hooray Dolls. But um, I used to do that by hand before I got a machine. And I think we're capable of doing whatever we want to do. And have you taken any online sewing classes? I know you just said you're self-taught, but you seem like a person who feels like they could probably always be learning. I believe you're always learning, always learning. There's always something new to do. I've taken all of Cinnamon's classes. I think those are wonderful, her sewing with Cinnamon. I love those classes. I've been with that since they started. I've taken her pattern design classes, all, all those. Every class she's offered, I've taken. And I've learned from it. You're always, there's always something new to learn in everything. And so what was her pattern making class one of the inspirations for you to make the, the pattern for your cloth dolls? 
No, I made that a long time ago. Before cinnamon, okay. (laughs) Okay. And Marcy, we're recording this at the end of July, but you have a big event coming up in your life. My husband and I will be celebrating our 50th wedding anniversary on August 8th. We met in high school. We were high school sweethearts, and we dated off for college and then got married after college. My husband became a dentist, and he said he was at the VA hospital, and I was taking care of our girls. But our girls, last week, they gave us a special party at one of our daughter's homes, and it was really nice. It was just our girls, our three son-in-laws, and the three grand dogs, and the six-pack of grandchildren. (laughs) Oh, what a cute term. Congratulations and wishing you and your husband many, many more years together. Do you have any um, advice for young brides out there that are thinking 50 years sounds like a long time? Well, of course, you know, every marriage has its ups and downs, but I think the most important thing is always respect each other and be aware of each other's feelings and be interested in the things that they're interested in, you know, kind of be interested in each other's hobbies and likes or dislikes and just try to be your best with each other. That's all. I mean, of course you're going to disagree, you know, but just always try to think of something nice and try to wake up every day and try to make somebody else smile. And then you'll smile. Your husband must be a very patient man to have all these dolls in the house. How does he support your hobby? He's very good. He's retired. He was a dentist for 34 years at the VA hospital here in Dayton, and he's retired now. And he is very good with supporting my hobby. I have to honestly say he's been very good. Last year, I went to the my very first United Federation Dog Collectors Convention in Nashville, and it was expensive to go. And we drove, and my husband went along, and he met everybody from the virtual dog convention, Rachel Hoffman and Michael and David from the Grovian. Bradley and Billy and all of them from, you know, all these people online that I've met, we met in person. And it was wonderful. And he let me buy dolls. He was very good. He let me sign up for the luncheons. And my friend Gail Wilson was there and I bought her dolls. And it was wonderful. It was great. You have a family history that's um, interesting. Tell us a little bit about your ancestors and how, how you came to be <laughs> born in America. My mother was a World War II war bride from North Wales, Great Britain. She met my father in Britain. My father was from Hammond, Indiana, and he was a GI over in Britain. And all my family, my relatives, aunts, uncles, and cousins, they're all still in North Wales. They have been here visiting us, and we've been there visiting them many, many times. I love it. There, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. And Wales is a beautiful place, especially in the spring when the baby lambs are dotting the Mount Snowden. It's just all kinds, like a fairyland. There's castles everywhere, and it's just wonderful. Well, we're so glad that that you're here and that you have made the contributions to So Powerful, and we pray that you'll continue to do that. And it's been a pleasure to talk with you with such diverse hobbies and an interesting family background. So thank you so much for your time, Marcy. Well, thank you, Jan. And I pray that Cinnamon and Jason will continue with their work and that it'll be a huge success and more and more girls will receive lots of purses. I, I think with your help, we'll, we'll achieve that. So thank you very much. 
Bye bye. Bye bye. If what you've heard today inspires you to want to make a difference, I urge you to explore the So Powerful website at www.sopowerful.org. That's S E W P O W E R F U L dot O R G. The website has great information about the organization. It's where you can download the free purse patterns or even make a donation. We hope you will join us again next week when we bring you another so powerful story. Thanks for listening. Now go out and have a so powerful day.